You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. It is back to be back in the seat. Um, We are going to go ahead and get this show started as always, and we're going to start with our grateful moment. This morning, we're going to start with Kelvin. Kelvin, what are you grateful for this week? What's going on, everybody? Um, I'm grateful to be back, first of all. Uh, good to see everybody. Um, oh, but I, I think I'm grateful for most that I have no drama going on. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's always something that's going on crazy. And I'm just really thankful today that, you know, I woke up this morning and I had no dry, drama on drama on the itinerary. I had nothing to worry about. Um, kids good, wife is good. So, guys, it's holiday. Happy I'm drunk. Awesome. Look, no drama is always a good thing, right? Not having to worry about any nonsense. So I'm with you on that, Kelvin. Phil, what are you grateful for this week? Good morning. Good evening. And good night. Hey, everyone. Thank you, fans, for supporting. And um, I am grateful for two things. One, the original crew is on today. Um, and two, it, I celebrated my 21st year, my 21 from one year's anniversary. Wow. My wife and I have been married for 21 years. And Dion knew known us since my wife and I were dating. Exactly. So she, <laughs> she, she, so she known me for over almost 30 years or no is, it's crazy it's crazy so <laughs> that is that is great um it was great the we you know we went to new york for the weekend my wife surprised me you know helped she literally orchestrated me getting a, a new vehicle which was great and now yeah and and now but the star part was i lost my wallet in new york Oh, and boy. that took for the turn and I end up leaving the next day. We were supposed to spend the weekend there, but because I lost my wallet and somebody was, whoever was charging digits, digits sell on my debit card, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they did one charge for $12. They did another charge for $12 and they were like, Oh, and they kept doing 50, 50, 50, 50. So I had to cut that off and shout out to bank America for, and um, for shutting that down and reversing most of my thing, New York city officers, the ones I dealt with, the clerk wasn't horrible, <laughs> but she turned around, you know, and thank you for helping me, the little you helped me with. Um, so, but shout out to my, my childhood friend, Dwayne Mocklin, hooking me up and with a nice vehicle and doing taking care of everything. So Plaza Audemars, check him out. And Dwayne Mocklin, who my childhood friend, I knew him since he was 12. So... <laughs> so <laughs> A shout out. So it was ending a sound note, but it was still great just to be out without the kids in New York. Sorry, I didn't see anyone because the trip was mainly for Trish and I to hang out. So I'll see you on the flip side. That's awesome. First of all, happy anniversary to you guys. I can't believe every time I hear these years, I'm like, how is it possible? Because I'm only 20, right? So yeah. like, I've been married for 20 years. It's, it's like amazing how that happens. Um, but sorry for losing your wallet in New York. Like that's one of those things where you just don't get it back. But I laughed at the Digicel because that's a West Indian. That is a West Indian <laughs> that took your wallet. 
and is using it for minutes to call back home. So that tickles me. Woo. I'm saying God has blessed me and used me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I could call my family in whatever island um, they're from. So that that definitely tickled me. Evan, what are you grateful for this week? Grateful for just having, uh, we've been going through revival. Uh, it's been going well. Uh, grateful that uh, we're halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to it, it uh, ending, not that it needs to end in a bad way, but ending uh, on a high note uh, next week with Breath of Life. Check us out on YouTube um, and Facebook. We're streaming um, with Pastor De Blair Snell. And um, grateful just to be in my right mind and here today. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, you know, I've been, I've been traveling a lot for work, so I'm not like in Charlotte right now. I'm coming back in a few days though, but I heard that has been great so far. So we're continuing to pray for that, you know, for the success and, you know, a high conclusion to that. Um, And as always, I am just grateful to be alive. Um, I'm grateful for Walmart. You know, Walmart has has been keeping me nice and busy, but they have allowed me to rack up some flyer miles, which is always amazing, right? So, um, you know, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity and like all the good things that's coming along with this um, in my career. So just grateful for Walmart. Um, And with that, we are going to jump right into our show. Um, We're going to start today's show talking about, well, what everyone's talking about, who's on the trade block, what's going to happen that season, who's going to end up where. And uh, we're going to start the conversation with Donovan Mitchell. We found out earlier this week, I mean, I didn't even know this was on the table until, you know, Woj put it out there on Tuesday, but Donovan Mitchell is on the trading block and the Jazz has started conversations um, with teams um, about potentially taking him. Um, I think what's interesting is the Jazz had conversations with the Knicks and they basically asked for two left feet, a firstborn, an unble- unblemished burnt offering. Um, I think it was like six or seven um, um, draft picks they wanted OV they wanted like like half the team essentially and um a right leg so the Knicks were like thanks like we really want Donovan but we're gonna decline right now and so my question to the guys where do you think he ends up like where who what team would be the better fit for him considering what Danny is essentially asking for which is everything and a firstborn Okay. Can I say this first and foremost that uh, the Knicks missed another opportunity. <laughs> I mean, you, you you bums can change your whole roster. You don't have nobody of value over there. So let's just <laughs> and then Whatever. guys, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I know we've been going for a while, right? But but let me tell y'all this: Dion and Phil have officially flipped back. What? <laughs> they officially flipped back <laughs> over to the Knicks. They're leaving Brooklyn alone. So I just want to be first to tell you guys, they won't tell you until next season. I'm going to let you know now I'm doing free agency. They have put their put their bid back in, and they want to come back home. So just letting y'all know. Oh. Now, as far, 
Love. Oh, you get you get your time, Dion. I miss you too. It's, it's, look, let me get my time right now. <laughs> so listen, right? In other in other word, in other news, right? We're talking about Donovan. I first and foremost think that Donovan is going to end up with the Jazz. I mean, not the Jazz. I'm sorry, the Heat. They're gonna end up with the Heat, and here's why. It's because he, because the players that the Jazz want from the Heat. They identify with the market they have. I'm telling you all this. The Jazz always want some light-skinned white people to play with them. So when they talk about Tyler Hero, when you talk about Duncan, um, what's his name, Duncan Roberts? Uh, I, I'm kind of running a blank. You guys know. Yeah. So when you talk about those two, they want those brothers in there. Because them brothers identify with the market. And uh, I really think that's the team to watch. Um, because they they do have uh, the players uh, to compensate the Jazz, but you know the Knicks should have pulled the trigger. You guys, Obi, like <laughs> you didn't want to give up Obi. Like, what are we doing out here? Like, give up your picks, give up Obi and those those crumbs on your bench, and get get a real superstar in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, NY, I don't know. See, NY is always messed up. They stole my man Wallet on the weekend. They just don't know what they're doing out in New York, man. Uh, I think I think I think the Bible says he came to his own his own receipt or not regarding filling his stolen wallet. Um, but um, he, here's where I defer. Here's where I defer. Right. I mean, I think I think I think ultimately, you know, Danny, Danny, Danny Ainge is going to start high. He's eventually he's going to go go low. You got to understand Danny Ainge and Daryl Morey are from the same school. Morey was assistant GM under Danny before um, he left to go to Houston, right? So what Danny's doing, he's setting the market high. He's, he's gonna find a good offer, right? Eventually it's gonna come down to be more reasonable, more realistic. Um, I do think Miami is a very realistic option. I still think the Knicks are in it. And I would keep my eyes on um, Brooklyn uh, because the Jazz have, the one piece, like like Brooklyn's looking for a star, right? The, never mind, forget to scrap it. Donovan still is on that rookie extension, so never mind. No, he's not going to Brooklyn. Forget that. Uh, hopefully, you know, I think Knicks, Miami. Um, and I'm gonna throw a, I'm gonna throw a strange name out there, maybe. And, and this isn't. I have to think about this a little more after I say it. But maybe the Wizards too. Maybe the Wizards get involved in, in it and try to send players, try to pair uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, with Bradley Bill. But ultimately, if you go to the Knicks, I, I want people to understand this. Donovan Mitchell is not a franchise-changing talent. So if you give up things for him, he's not going to exalt y'all um, to contenders. You, you'll be middle-tier, middle-of-the-pack. Um, but, hey, it's better than being a bottom feeder, right? Hmm. Yeah, it's so disgusting. Disrespectful, the man disrespectful when i was driving down brooklyn i saw it was a funny thing the on by the police station on brooklyn is it brooklyn avenue and flatbush they had a kd <laughs> artistry right there i was like wow look nice you know he was like holding shirt like this and i drew a picture of him spray painted him i was like okay too bad they have to take that off soon and i was driving along brooklyn seeing all these sky rises it felt different it didn't feel like home in a sense of what we grew up with it's a different place 
And you know what? It's a different era. Donovan Mitchell does not move the needle for the Knicks. I understand OB topping because he's an older player in the sense that he went for the full four years of school. So his longevity for generated funds are, is shortened. So I don't mind trading OB topping for a simple fact to give him opportunity to be a starter. He's a starter. As long as Julius is on the roster, he's not going to get the starter minutes unless we get rid of one of them. I don't mind getting rid of Julius and keeping and keeping OB topping. You know, that's my thought. Rick Brunson and and um, Mitchell Robinson, what's going to happen? It's not going to move the needle. Yes, like I agree. You're just going to give Jalen, excuse me, Jalen Brunson. Um, keep going his dad. I remember watching that. So where is he going to end up? For some odd reason, I believe the Knicks has the collateral. We have the draft picks. We're like third or fourth with a model first round draft picks, right? Third or fourth on the behind OKC, behind the Boston Celtics. And um, uh, I think it's the Knicks. Eventually, I think we're going to get up, give up uh, Grimes, um, uh, a couple other players I can't think of, and picks. Jazz is looking for picks. They're not really looking for players. They're looking for a, a good sort of rotational player. Look what they did for Rudy Gobert. That was a they, the, the draft was that trade happened based upon draft picks, not players, not players. One potential player, you young player, but it was players. The Jazz are looking for, they're literally looking for draft picks. So the Knicks is the only one other than them or Boston could um, comply uh, to that wish, fulfill that wish. But I don't see the Knicks really doing anything with uh, Jalen, um, with um, Mitchell, uh, Mitchell, not Mitchell Robinson, with, um, that's the dude there. I just <laughs> oh age. I don't see the Knicks doing anything with the, uh, the Jazz star. Really, it, it is not moving the needle. I think if the Knicks had gotten him before signing, even um, was able to get him before even trying to sign uh, Brunson, yes, that would have been a piece because I prefer uh, him, Jazz star, uh, RJ Barrett, and what we have. So I don't know where he's going to end up. I think he'll end up being Nick. Um, I don't see Miami doing anything because Utah is looking for draft picks, looking for draft picks. So, and no, we did not flip. I had my concubine. I have to put away. I spoke to the pastor and the pastor said, Hey, Phil, it's time for you to live a, a, a righteous life. So I'm, I'm be putting my concubine away, pending KD. And then I'll go back to repentance and live a righteous life with one wife, my Knicks. <laughs> And I'll just say, you know, um, I'll just say this just to address the flipping part because Kelvin ain't going to catch me slipping out here. Basically, KD is still a Brooklyn net as of today. And therefore, I am still supporting the Brooklyn net. So listeners, don't listen to Kelvin. I don't know what flipping he's referencing. Uh, we will see where we are when the season starts. But I am still where I was Um last season and still a Knicks fan as well. You guys know that too. So let me put that clearly for the record. Not possible. It is very possible. I have made compelling arguments as to how this is possible for the limited circumstance of like Phil and I. Thank you. I said Leon's <laughs> a great lawyer. They were compelling to you, Dion, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have presented this to many um other people. And and utilizing Dion's argument, and we have an exception passed because we grew up in Brooklyn. People we are buying it. Here's, here's yes. the thing. Here's the thing. 
your passes will be revoked once Katie leaves and you just forsake them. That's when your passes become revoked. Well, true, true, but let the record reflect that you guys know I am a KD fan through and through forever. So we established I got to support my guy. So, and, and let's be honest, the Brooklyn Nets are not the Brooklyn, it's not a Brooklyn team. That's a gentrified Brooklyn team. Let's be it's clear. Exactly. A, another reason why I can have a legitimate out was after further evaluation, <laughs> I realized that they're not like a core, core Brooklyn team. So I'll have grounds to leave at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's continue on with the trade talks um, and talk about the Suns. So, you know, the Suns in AN, they were kind of negotiating of the remainder of his rookie deal. Um, I believe he wanted like uh, an extension, five years, 172 million. The Suns were basically like, listen, no. And so he started entertaining, you know, other offers. The Pacers came in and they offered him like a four-year, I'm going to forget the number. Is it like 133 or 135 um, deal this um, season, um, this week, sorry. And then um, the Suns came back and was like, wait, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can match that. Um, so Aiden, Aiden essentially is in a situation where because the Suns match the Pacers sheet offer, he can't really be traded to, um, the Pacers at this point, which I know the Pacers are probably very disappointed. And so my question to the guys is, uh, where do you think he ends up? Um, or do you see him just staying with the Suns or, what do you think is going to happen with him? Well, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where he he be with the, he has to stay with the Suns at least till January mm-hmm. um, of this year, and you know, winning cures all ills. So, right. Aiden has to realize he's not a franchise cornerstone talent. He's very good, very good, very good. He's a great. He's a very good NBA center. Um offensively skilled um his limitations are you know he's not uh a great defender um but he's a solid solid rebounder you know he's a he's a piece you want on your team um but i can't imagine him getting traded anywhere um and i can't imagine a team that would want how do I say this? I can imagine a contending team that says, oh, we need DeAndre Aiden. Hmm. Um, he's in a good situation. Just He should just stay there and enjoy his money. That, that last part, that last part for me, um, that's, that's the one I'm, that's the one I'm going to ride home with, man. Today's NBA, it is so crazy, y'all. In a, in a, in the NBA where we have to pay, um, what's that kid's name from Washington? Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill. This kid gets $250 million, and he's done absolutely nothing. He probably made, like, one all-star game. And then we got a guy that's holding up the market and and and, and uh, killing free agency, and he's averaging 17 and 10, you know, not 25 and 12 or nothing like that. And he's going to get $33 million a year. Aiden, I'm with Evan. 
you just need to be happy with your money, man. You, you, boy from the asshole Bahamas, you know, you Bahama kid. You, I know you've never seen this much money before in your life, but you're not that guy. Like, you know, and hopefully, you know, you go on the show one day, somebody might have a connect to you because I heard you was a former Adventist. Shout out to you and your family roots. But, bro, just take your money, man. I, I just I just marvel at the fact that teams just jockey for position for certain players. And this is just a beautiful NBA, man. These guys are now really getting paid a lot of money, man. Like Charles Barkley said it, said it best. Like he, he like wish he can slap his mama up because she had him in the wrong era. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because. These guys is getting paid crazy, and eight, and I th- I think he's a, a a solid talent, but um, I just feel like the asking price for him getting four years thirty one hundred thirty three million, it's a bit high, um, but you know, that's the market value for him. Um, I don't I don't feel like he'll move the needle at all uh, if he went to Indiana, but um, I'm glad that the Suns kept him because if you keep that core group together, then you're more than likely able to uh, possibly do a champ- another championship run. You got to utilize uh, Chris Paul's years right now because he's like on the dog years for sure. So, you know, um, overall, it was, a good, it was a good counter from the Suns. And uh, I know everybody in Phoenix welcome, you know, glad to have him back. But he's expensive, man. Very too expensive for my taste. Uh, I'm going to agree. Uh, we do have a connect. Evan saw him on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so, so was is he too expensive for what he has bought to the table i have to say no for the simple fact rudy gobert <laughs> got like what a 200 million dollar extension and he has he has shown very limited on the offensive end yes on the defense end which is a flip for deandre deandre ayton right so for this market it is what it is um he literally, he was a money grab going to Indiana and uh, Rick Carlisle is an old school, like, you know, center and someone big and strong and um, eight and shown to last thus far while Turner is, uh, I'm going to say, I don't like to say injury prone, but prone to be injured. <laughs> so I think that's what they're trying to do a switch. Um, Turner don't want to be there. And um, he's trying to, you know, try to get, you know, try to get rid of him in the trade and so forth. So at the end of the day, the best bet, like I agree with everyone, Aiden, stay in Phoenix, your championship contender. You have the opportunity. You're not ready to, you know, to, you, you don't move the needle in the sense of you could carry a whole team by yourself. Third year, you got, you're still young. You have plenty of years. Stay in Phoenix, which you are. Phoenix, smart move. Funny thing is you're going to actually hit the luxury tax, which you, and the owners know not to try to hit that threshold. So, Let's see what happened this year. Let me, right right before Evan jumps in. So as far as value, because that's how I kind of look at these things. Everybody's getting paid left, right, and center in the um, NBA, right? But when you start analyzing players and what they're entitled to and the money they're entitled to, as far as value, do you guys not think that A.N. is core to the value of that team? I mean, Phoenix has been um, top playoff contenders. They have been, number. I think, believe last season, I know they were number one in the NBA, like racking up wins. Do you think that happens without A.N.? I know we all focus on Devin Booker and CP3, but 
what kind of value do you guys think he's bringing to the team? I think he's a good NBA player. I think he's a he's a good pro. I mean, he's he will probably be an all star for his career. He's just not a franchise altering talent. Mm-hmm. And so for him being the number one overall pick and not to be a franchise altering talent as a, at a bit at, at this position. And to be honest, at his position, it's very rare that I mean, you can count on. There's two players in the NBA at that position who are franchise altering talents, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid and uh, Nikolai Jokic. Mm-hmm. Giannis. Giannis is not a five. Center five. Come on, so, Philip. Come on, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where that's I, I think that's ultimately where if Aiton was a number 13 overall pick, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But because he's number one overall pick, there's certain money he's supposed to get on his renewed contract. Right. He's played good enough to get to get the contract, in essence. But you know, in terms of his value to the NBA franchise, he's not that he's not that valuable because mm-hmm. he's not going to take your franchise and elevate it, right? right. Um, Jokic, you know, he took a team that was just peddling in the middle of nowhere, and he's put him uh, when he had Jamal Murray in title contention. Joel Embiid, with or without Ben Simmons, has made them the Sixers a top three seed and a who's a dominant force mm-hmm. so you just know DeAndre Ayton is not that he's not yeah that. yeah and that's fair but what about the argument potentially from his agent like look y'all gave um Devin Booker this rookie Matt's contract why y'all not considering my guy too Devin Booker's a wing and 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 this this is a wing dominated league mm-hmm I'll just yeah, say, go ahead. I'll hop in. What's up, y'all? I'm going to say this. I wouldn't base the money off of when he was picked because, I mean, of course, you would think number one picks will be drafted, but because everyone watched him in college, they seen the upside or whatever. Cool. But I would say the fact that, and this kind of also plays into how Rudy got paid too, they're the same, but Without DeAndre Ayton, would the Suns really be good? Would they really be good? Like, if you just remove DeAndre Ayton off that roster, like, really, would yes. they really? Yes. Base. This is based but how upon. How good though, Phil? Like, I, I'm not gonna I'm say. Saying. I'm not gonna say 62 wins. But here's the thing: the the team is is circa around Devin Booker. Chris Paul and Mal Bridges, but they were so also when they had, one of the best defensive teams in the league, and he's there to clog the paint. But when he was out, remember he was injured. They still was winning a high clip note, and that's what um, a lot of the reports are saying is saying that when he was out and he's been out in and out in the lineup, they still was winning. They still was winning on a high clip note. So they literally uh, the Suns are literally assessed that position as a plug and play because they had the third string. Bismarck Biambo was there, right? McGee. Man, please don't mention that name. I, mean, I, I know, but that's what, a person but, in but, Charlotte. Don't, 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 don't do that. <laughs> that. So that's what I'm saying. They had Bismarck, Bismarck, and they had McGee, not known for their offensive game, just for their defensive presence. So 
that's the I think based upon that they value him as a a good uh, you know above those guys but not as the um uh, remember we in a positionless basketball so Giannis will be up there positionless basketball I'm talking let me finish so, <laughs> so because of that Giannis uh, Jokic and and B our franchise changing faces centers or bigs let's call them bigs you know because we want we, we, we're neutral friendly <laughs> bigs right just allowing them to be so he, he's not in that 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 tier so that's why I think the Suns are looking at the, the numbers show that hey at this percentage when Yan, Yan, um beyond the eight is out we plug in third string and second string and still get the job done. That's so, called that, chemistry. But that's but that but that comes to chemistry though. And who's the chemistry maker? Chris Paul. And that's the thing. It's Chris Paul effect. If Chris Paul is there, everything looks better because Aiden was there prior to Chris Paul and they didn't win nothing. So it's really Chris Chris Paul but he is was giving still him putting money. up the same, he was still putting up the same numbers regardless. He was still putting up a double double. Right. Like, do you really think that Abysmat and Beyond? Abysmat, Biombo, and Ajelva McGee together will get you a double-double? With Chris Paul, yes. Without, no. <laughs> so they have, to, they would have to basically rely on Chris Paul. Now, I'm not going to say DeAndre Ayton didn't rely on Chris Paul, but he did have his best season with Chris Paul. But regardless, it was just the fact that he didn't have to work as hard. And that's the benefit of being a big with a point guard like a Chris Paul or someone who can create for others. So that's all I wanted to point out. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think he's valuable. I think he's highly valuable to that franchise and not saying if he goes, they lose or they tank. No, I'm not going to go that far, but I don't know. He was an integral piece to all that success. So you know, I always want to look at it from a value standpoint, like forget the numbers for a little bit, but, you know, what kind of value is a player bringing to the team? And, you know, I think that should be taken into consideration too. All right, um, let's transition and shift gears a little bit and, and head to the NFL. And this is going to be a fun topic for Phil. So Phil, you're going to go ahead and start this first. But um, essentially, there was a poll by some coaches, some execs um, around the NFL, and they kind of discussed um, who the top 10 um, quarterbacks are. And, you know, you had your standard names, you know, you got Tom Brady, you had Russell Wilson, and um, you had Josh Allen, you know, all the people you would expect to be on the list, Aaron Rodgers. And then, um, you know, notably, Lamar Jackson did not make the list for a lot of people. And so there is argument now, and people seem to more agree than not agree that Lamar Jackson might not be a top 10 quarterback talent in the NFL currently, not saying he can't get back there, but currently. And so my question to the guys is, do you agree with that? And um, do you think that Lamar would come out this season, prove everyone wrong and, and reestablish himself in the top 10? <clears throat> Please, this is just pure opinion basis. Do I think Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback? Yes, he's a very, very good, serviceable quarterback. Do he have flaws? 
of course he has flaws, which he was correcting last season, you know. But it comes to the point that he is not accurate. He does he likes to run first, right? And if you look at the list, most of these quarterbacks do what? They're known for what? Gaining yardage, throwing the ball, and running the offense efficiently, not solely rely upon his legs. My concern is that I want him to be, play as long as possible. I want him to preserve his career. I want to see Lamar in the next 10, 15 years. I want this brother to be in his 40s still playing quarterback. But we know when you're running, you're running quarterback, and majority of your offense is based upon your legs, your career does not last long. But the biggest part of the being a quarterback is throwing the ball and throwing the ball more often than running. For years, he's been the leading rusher on his rusher on his team, which is not good. So is Lamar a top 10 quarterback? No. On the list, we have Super Bowl winners, MVPs, and those who have dominated the passing, the touchdown ratio. And Lamar has not done none of that, not in any of those categories. All he have done is led the led the NFL in rushing as a quarterback and top five, one season top three rushing. So just listen to all the previous podcasts, the NFL episode, and and we have over 200. Congratulations to the team. I think you can't have a chance to say that. We hit over 200 episodes in two years, and we just two-year anniversary. And you'll hear me give detailed prognosis of Lamar Jackson. So I don't want to hold up the time. Lamar Jackson, not a top 10 quarterback. I agree. I have others ahead of him. So that's all I'm going to leave it as. And Lamar, I respect your game. I want to see you play long. long. I want you to have longevity in this sport and show your ability by throwing the ball more. So we're, we're going with the ESPN list, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the list I'm looking at, tell me if I'm wrong, I, has Deshaun Watson at number nine. I mean, are, are you opposed to Deshaun Watson? He hasn't played in the effing season. He didn't play all season. N- correct. But, I mean, if you're looking at – my thing is you can't put someone in a list who's ineligible to play. You can't, you can't put Deshaun Watson in there. You don't know how, how much more the ramifications are going to be. He, he, he may not be an NFL quarterback by, by, the, by the time the season starts. Right. So I, I have issues with Deshaun Watson even being on the list. Based upon what Deshaun Watson done, right? And this we're talking about on the play. We're not talking about outside of the field. I have issues Based- with Matthew Stafford being number six on this list. Matthew Stafford, didn't he win a, a quarter, a Super Bowl? Yeah, he just oh, Okay, I'm just saying. But, but, in, but uh, Joe Burrow. But, but does he have an MVP? But he, he went to the Super Bowl. Did does Lamar go to the Super Bowl? We're talking about, we're talking about individual talent. Individual, right. individual talent. talent. I mean, that's your yeah. argument. That's your argument. Yeah, individual talent. Uh, so All, why did Matthew Stafford win the Super Bowl? Because he was the missing cog. He had one of the greatest teams known to man. Like ever. But, yeah, but like, like, like he, defense, he had he, so he Joe had, Burrow. He, he, listen, no, I mean, no, what's he, the guy? What's the guy from last year? And he beat Joe team. Burrow over he quarterback. Joe, no, what's the what's the guy who's um um who's now with the Lions? Jared Goff. Jared Goff literally had the same team. No, no, literally, did not. literally, they had a pieces mid year, and there was always a quarterback away. 
So oh here's the list. Okay, and here's the list. I'm sorry, I did it. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, 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 Stafford. Excuse me, Stafford. This Jason Herbert, Justin Herbert, Justin <laughs> Herbert. Sorry, Justin Herbert. I'm just changing names like a West Indian. Russell Wilson. If you had said Russell Wilson, I would I would allow that, but he's still Super Bowl champ. Deshaun Watson and Dakota Prescott. So Lamar Jackson is a top ten quarterback in the NFL. He has the MVP. And, Over and, who? And, and Deshaun Look, Watson. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you myself. You could take Dak out there. You, you could take, take Justin Thank out. You. Mm-hmm. No, not Justin. Yes, you can. No. What has he been to the playoffs? Uh. He, this is his second year. What that mean? He's Joe Burrow, third just... year, and he's done more. All right. What, what, Let Evan this has speak. to do with Lamar Jackson. Okay. Not, Go ahead, not Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Without, Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl. Without, without, Lamar, without Lamar, the Ravens wouldn't be who the Ravens are. Yeah. Which is like, uh, first round exit. Well, they won their first playoff game. But, yeah, they, okay. but, they, still, but they still win, did they not? Yeah. Uh, did they not? I didn't want. I don't want to cut Evans off with midway. I apologize, Evans. Please finish your point. <laughs> this Rick of that that fell all of a sudden doesn't want to talk. Um, all I'm saying is, Lamar Jackson should be in the top ten list. He was disrespected. Um, he will come out and he'll play his game. Um, and, and here's the thing too. Here's the thing too. We cannot use an outdated model of evaluating a quarterback to determine whether they're a top 10 quarterback or not. Because Lamar Jackson's a dual threat. Why are we counting against him that he's a dual threat? They don't Running, do the same thing for Josh Allen. And Josh yeah. Allen and him are pretty much almost, they're not exactly the same, but they're pretty much fit that mold. Yeah. That's what scouts are looking for. Yeah. Being able to run and, and deliver the ball are two things that Lamar Jackson can do. He's done it at an MVP level. Like, like, um, y'all remember this name, Elvis Gerbeck. Everybody remember Elvis Gerbeck, that Ravens team that steamrolled the Giants in the Super Bowl? Oh my gosh. Elvis Gerbeck no, was in the No, I have no idea. I have no oh, idea man. when that, that happened was, ever. I'm tired, I'm old, I don't recall. <laughs> The, the only thing I recall about the Giants was 07 and 11. So anything else that happened, I have no clue what happened. I do remember the 80s. I mean, in 90s, but I don't remember 2000. Sorry. <laughs> well, thanks for giving give us a timeline for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which you completely forgot to give a good timeline. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> Look, I, I didn't even know the Giants were a franchise before 07. So anything <laughs> Um. oh my goodness Alan what are your thoughts about Action Jackson I mean I'm pretty much there with Evan like honestly like you can Justin hasn't proved anything yet he's a he's a great talent but you telling me like right now like you can just you can just take him out and that team's still going to, like, excel. They got great pieces around there. They have – this is, like – I'm not going to call it the same, but it's almost like the Browns in a weird way. Well, before this season, they had they had all the pieces that you need. They had also Eckler, Michael Williams, 
and Keenan Allen. All you needed was a quarterback who can get them the ball. Like, they had Tyrod Taylor before he got punctured in the lung by the doctor. You know what I mean? And so I'm just like, he's a phenomenal talent, but he still has leaps that he has to take. And and really, like, even, like, with that, like, you saw the post that you posted on Friday, Phil, like, who is the most overrated? Like, come on. Like, 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 let's be honest. Like, Dak is, he's a, he's a above average quarterback. He's not like, you know what I mean? So he's kind of like where he needed to be, but I don't think he's 10. Some people would disagree, but I mean, whenever it's time for him to do anything, he hasn't, he hasn't done it. You saw what Lamar has done. He's won the MVP. He beat, he's beaten Patrick Mahomes. Like everyone, even when the matchup comes up, it's like, who shows up? Lamar shows up. Now, with Marquise Brown, everyone's saying, oh, that's why no one comes there. The reason why he came out and defended him and said, nah, like the office just wasn't for me. It doesn't necessarily mean just because, oh, because Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. Most people know, like, Greg Roman is not exactly pass-heavy. That's why he went to Kyler Murray, someone he's familiar with. And on top of that, they're from the same area, so he would know best. So, basically, I would move Matt down just a little bit. I'll take Justin out, and then I would move Dak below. That would probably be 11. Justin might be 10. And then you can put Lamar somewhere above 9. Okay, that's enough. You see, everyone go based upon feelings. I like stats. Oh, who, who had? That's, that's no oh, okay, I'm just gonna ask you a question. Who had a better season? Russell Wilson, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Baker or Mayfield. Lamar Jackson? Who had a better season last year? You know, Lamar ended the season hurt. He missed like the last like four to five games, right? So you really who, can't really go off of that. Okay, we can't go based upon. Is, is, um, I mean, pretty much. You know who like had? Before, you know who had the best hurt, season? They second, they were second in the. Uh, Lamar is number twenty-five in stats last season. Twenty-five, and this is based upon stats and so forth. Twenty-five. He had sixteen touchdowns and thirteen interceptions, with only 2,500 2, passing yards. Hurt, right? Jalen Hurts. Had 3,100 3, pa- uh, passing yards with 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions. How many games right? did he play, Phil? Right. right. I'm just giving you stats. I'm giving you stats. See, I just gave you context. How many games did he play? I just told you Lamar pretty much missed almost like the last five, four, five six games. games. He six games. two-thirds of a season. Like I said, his two-thirds of a season, and look at his touchdown to interception ratio 16 touchdowns 13 deceptions that's all that 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 that's not a good he's ranked 25th phil let me, let me ask you a question about stats how many uh, stats did sean watson have last season right Dude, he had zero and it was still better than uh, lamar oh, come on. <laughs> it's, it's better than lamar it is we he we have to admit Deshaun Watson have done more with less than Lamar Jackson. He had, 
he had oh, done oh, more. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins isn't 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 better than any wide receiver that um, Lamar Jackson's ever had. Wait a minute. We would know. We don't know because Lamar doesn't oh, like to throw on, the ball. Come on, Phil. The come ball, on. The ball will wave you off wide open. We don't know. He'll wave you off wide open. He doesn't like to throw the ball. He runs first. He runs first. So I would. We I already established that. that argument in multiple shows before. Like and and Phil, I just find it interesting. I think Evan mentioned it, and it, you know, I was going to say the same thing. Why do we penalize Lamar for having dual ability on the field? I don't understand why we penalize him for that. Because that's Phil, amazing. Because Phil is a get off my lawn type of guy. Because right <laughs> now, all this, because all, think about it. Like whenever, whenever we look at the draft, and we're always talking about quarterbacks, who are the who are the type of guys like? that these NFL scouts are looking for guys who have the ability to be a dual threat. Mm -hmm. Just think about it. Like back in the day of where I would probably say early 2010s, it was like, Oh, we're looking for the ultimate pro guy. They Carolina selects Jimmy Clausen and he flopped like, come on, man. Then on top of that, it's like, there was like, Oh, Sam Darnold. He can be a dual threat. And man, look at this dude, man. He looks like a whole dumpster fire here in the city. So <laughs> in two cities, the Jets and in Charlotte. So come on, dude. Like, like, let's be real. In this type of NFL, majority of teams are going to a pro style offense. Not a pro style. I mean, pretty much a, Option. a spread offense. Option. So you can't just be like, oh, I just want you to throw. If if the if the opportunity allows for you to take off and you can get out of bounds, do that. Slide. I mean, you act like Lamar always gets like clobbered or whatever. He doesn't get hit like Russ. I but agree. Russ never really had a good line. So whenever Lamar is running, he slides or he's either running out of bounds. Like you got to stop this narrative field. You got to stop it. I'm just looking at the stats. Jeff you got to remember. That's not giving you context. He's not black. He, he, he thinks he's better than us. <laughs> Listen, Josh Allen yes. is running. Yes. Clarence, Hurts. He's Clarence Thomas. Jalen Hurts. On this podcast, when they come to black quarterbacks, quarterbacks he'd be like, this Negro can't right. nothing. <laughs> I like Jalen Hurts. I like uh, I like him. He, he 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 he. Even though he played Philadelphia, he actually outran. Um, first time in the season, he 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 led uh, rushing yards. You know, um, usually Lamar has over a thousand, but he didn't play all the games. So, all I'm saying that stats don't lie. That's it. And I'm just giving you the stats. So stats is he misleading without context? Though we have argued this in other instances in other sports. Like you can't just be like, oh, it's about the stats. Stats don't lie. Justin Herbert, 5,014 5, passing yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 interception, a 97.7 passing rating, second to Tom Brady. What kind of offense do they run, Phil? Oh, I know he's flourishing in that offense. Matthew Stafford, number three. Pat Mahomes, number four. Joe Burrow's number seven. So Dakota, number eight. So I got a question, right? I got a question for you, Phil. 
Yes. Does this mean that Tua is going to have a great year because of the speed and the talent that he has around him? I don't know. It's based upon, I don't know, because Tua haven't shown nothing really. And since there, and I believe the big part of his success was his former quarterback, I mean, former coach and the staff he had. So I don't know under this new system, how they're going to, how you're going to flourish. So the thing is this, I have nothing against Lamar. I want, I wish him the best. I want him to get all his money. I want to be successful. I, I would like him to pass the ball more and trust his receivers. So that way he could prolong his career. So is he a top 10? Not based upon last year. He's not, right? Or based upon what he have done the last year, year and a half. So I have no problem with Watson. What he's, what, and this is, I think, based upon upcoming season, last season, upcoming season, and who will be more successful. So that's what I think the list is based on. And based upon those, um, f- um, the framework, I think Lamar is going to be outside. What did the Ravens do this year to bolster their offense and their line? Really nothing. So that's just my guess. That's just my uh, opinion. All right? Just my All opinion. Right. Well, you know what? We're going to close this show. Listeners, let the record reflect that even in 2019, when Lamar had a season that was beyond the books and phenomenal, Phil still wouldn't have put him as top 10 in the league. So none of this matters. His perspective is skewed. No matter what Lamar does, he just will not be top 10 for Phil. That's I'll it. say this. I'll say this. For that year, Phil would be the one reason if he ever had a vote, it, Lamar would not be a unanimous MVP. Exactly. Like, like it would be Phil. So using that as context, you can judge accordingly. <laughs> oh, man. So thank you all for listening. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.